you're asking me to be involved in, say, a charitable trust. Instead of asking another white, middle-aged man, why don't you ask a teenager who comes from a Pacifica background? Go ask somebody that you weren't thinking was going to be at the table. Because diversity of thought, that's where we're going to get true innovation. This is Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora. welcome to the first episode of Down to Earth Conversations for 2022. I'm your host, Andy Dixon, and I'm so excited to be back and bringing you more amazing conversations with people who are doing good in the world, or as I like to say, ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. I've started later in the year than I originally planned, but since I'm always banging on about mental health and looking after yourself, I decided I'd better take my own advice, and I gave myself a bit of breathing room before kicking back into it. But now I'm back and rearing to go. Uh, I've got some fantastic conversations lined up for you. Just in the first few episodes, we're talking business with purpose, social impact, disability, media, indigenous theology, mental health, starting advocacy organisations, and so much more. For those who don't already, you can follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at downtoearth.conversations on both of those. Uh, you can also get in touch with me at downtoearthconversations.com to give feedback or suggest guests who fit the kopapa or purpose of the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, please pass it on to a friend. The only way this podcast grows is because you amazing people tell your friends and family and social networks about it. So thank you for all that you've done and all that you keep doing for this podcast. In this episode, I had the privilege of sitting down with lawyer, writer, and podcaster Stephen Moe. Stephen is someone whose life reflects his desire to see change in the world. He loves to support other change makers as well as role modeling fresh ways of approaching situations, particularly through his role as a lawyer. We talk about his podcast, The Seeds, how and why it came about, and some of the people that he's talked to, how he functions as a lawyer who wants to do good in the world. We talk about the ways businesses can structure themselves to have a positive impact on the world and about being stewards who pass on to the next generation something worth having. We discuss Stephen's writing and why he serves on boards and advisory groups and how he does all of that while having a family. There's a bit of everything in this quarter. This is episode 43 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Stephen Moe. Kia ora Stephen, it's good to have you here. It's great to be here, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I say good to have you here, I'm actually here in your offices, um, so yeah, it's nice to be here yep. in, in your space. You're here in the Rata room, we've got some nice pictures on the wall and yeah, we're ready for a conversation. So before we begin, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, who are you, where are you from? Yeah, well the moment I open my mouth, people hear an accent and I guess I would say about that, be careful of assumptions. Yeah. So in my case, my father was a marine biologist, and that means he was raising salmon, and that brought us to New Zealand in 1984, and I was seven years old. Oh, so you've been so here a long time. I've been here a very long time. <laughs> so despite the accent, I actually grew up in New Zealand. I went to high school here in Christchurch. I went to Canterbury University, and then I worked in a big law firm called Russell McVeigh up in Wellington. So I had three years there. And um, so if I'm saying, where are you from? Mm. I always answer, I'm from Ototahi Christchurch. This is 
this is where I feel mm. most at home. Yeah. My Turanga YY. If I'm going somewhere, I can get there without telling you the street names. I just know yes. how to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I love that. Um, so this is, Christchurch is my home, but I'm more complicated than that. So it's, you can't pigeonhole me. <laughs> um, I've also lived in Chile for a year um, as a child. I've lived in America. Um, and then I met my wife in Wellington and we moved to London where I was based for three years. And then we moved to Japan and I was based in Tokyo for four years and then Sydney for four years and came back to Christchurch six years ago. So my journey is not a normal, I guess, path. Yeah. Um, although who's well, is? Yeah, what is no- <laughs> what's normal? Yeah. Um, but I, I really love the path I've been on. Um, I now have four young children, so we've chosen Christchurch as the place where they can have a sense of identity as cool. they're growing up. Um, and I'm working in as a lawyer in a law firm called Perryfield Lawyers, and we've got about 70 people in our firm, and I really focus in on impact and purpose and how we can um, create structures for people that really have greater good at the heart of what they do. Uh, so that would be the area that I'm most involved in and a little bit about my Yeah, that's great. No, thank you. And we'll talk about your um, being a lawyer in a little bit. Uh, I first came across you because of a podcast you run called The Seeds, mm-hmm. and uh, it was something that some people who'd listened to mine who'd also listened to yours said, oh, do you know Stephen? You know, he's got this podcast. It would be right up your alley. And um, and so I listened to it over the summer and it certainly was, you know, it's uh, interviewing, inspiring people and hearing their stories. And um, so, yeah, in some ways a very similar um, ethos to, to what I'm doing. Good um, things come from Ototahi Christchurch. Yeah, really. <laughs> We're um, resonating there. So yeah. what inspired you to start your podcast? Well, basically it was... Uh, 2017, September, and the Social Enterprise World Forum was happening here in Christchurch. And I kept meeting these amazing people who had businesses that were doing both profit and purpose. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to tell their stories? So that was the origin of it. It was, how can I help amplify stories? And I called it Seeds, which I'm really glad I chose that name because it's not too specific. It's, it's broad enough. So in the years since 2017, it's definitely evolved as a podcast in the sense of um, this week was episode 295. So that's a lot of content now. Yeah, I, yeah. I've spoken with a lot of people, um, but it's really broad ranging. So I've interviewed a six-year-old on what it's like to be six. Cool. I've interviewed a nun who was 92 years old and had become a nun in 1948. So what her life was like. So it's been really broad ranging. And then tech entrepreneurs, you know, charities, all types of people. So I really love the diversity. That, that is nice that you didn't call it the Business with Purpose podcast. Exactly. And then yeah. get stuck with, oh, well, this is the lane I have to stay in. And that would be my advice if anybody listening is starting something. Always try to think in the five or ten year plan rather than this short term what you yeah. think it will be. It, it allows you to grow into a name. And Seeds, it's such a great image. Like everyone, the moment I say it's called Seeds, it evokes something in your brain. And it's like, okay, I get it. I don't even have to say anything. It's it's Seeds Podcast. Oh, it's something about growth, you know, new beginnings. And that's my hope is that every conversation is like a seed that can be planted and grow into something for somebody else. Yeah. And, I mean, I definitely found listening to it that there were little moments that you just went, oh, right, I haven't thought of 
that like that before. And again, that's that seed being planted of going, well, I wonder what that'll turn into in in my life as I sort of ponder on that and think yeah, about that. that I, love, I love the idea that our stories are powerful mm-hmm. and that if we can learn to listen to each other's stories, then that's going to empower our story as well. And so you might hear somebody talking and go, oh, that's similar to my journey, you know, and, and look at what they went on to do. Or, oh, that hard time that the person went through. You know, like today I was telling you I interviewed somebody um, and their brother had died during the shootings um, in, you know, March. And how she's reacted to that has been to embrace the community and embrace the positive things that have come. You know, so resonating with somebody's story is just so important. Yeah. Uh, some words that I've heard you use repetitively through the podcast, so uh, there's a good chance they're kind of right at the core of what you do. Uh, one is curiosity and the other is paradigm shift. So yeah, do you want to explain what it is about those things that drive you? Yeah, well, I'm really glad that those two words come through as themes because it definitely is. And actually, if you listen closely to some of my episodes, I'm probably doing it too much these days. I'll, I'll stop and I'll say, I'm just curious you know, and then I'll ask the question. And what I'm trying to do there is model the behavior of asking questions is good. Being curious is how you unlock the door to someone else's understanding or someone else's experience. So yeah, curiosity. Um, The reason I realized that is my mother taught me um, that no one, everyone has a story. And if you think someone is not interesting, then that's your fault yeah. because you haven't asked the right question yet. And so it's all about being curious and unlocking a story by asking the question and not in a um, closed question way. You know, like um, the person that I was speaking to said she often gets asked, where are you from? You know, and the better question would be, tell me about yourself. You know, like rather than a yes, no type answer, the broader, the broader answer is better. So, yeah, I love story. I love the idea of being curious and learning about each other and being willing to be vulnerable with each other as well and share about our journeys, which is very similar theme to your podcast. Yeah, yeah, Um, definitely. And then the second thing that paradigm shifts refers to the fact that I think we're in a time of changing paradigm shifts of thinking. And the old paradigm, which we're all in, and we're kind of like the goldfish in the bowl. We don't know that we're living in water. And we assume that ways of thinking about business is if you want to set up a business, you're primarily focused on profit. If you want to help people, then you're going to set up a charity. And the paradigm shift of thinking is actually setting up a business which has sustainability at its Mm -hmm. core, which is evidenced by profit but it has purpose mission and impact then you can actually have great um, difference making through a business whereas before you might have said oh you have to do a charity you have to get grants and funding so instead of setting up a cafe to make money which doesn't happen very often actually. (laughs) But the point is you could set up a cafe that employs people who are ex-prisoners or who are recovering from drug addictions. So you're achieving a business 
but you're also having impact and purpose baked into what you do. So that's the paradigm shift that I often talk about. Yeah. And of course, in that sort of situation, profit's still important because otherwise you can't keep employing them. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's not that case of, oh, well, let's create a charitable trust necessarily. Yeah. Um, but you could do it as a business venture, but just with that extra kind of twist or, um, like you say, paradigm shift. A different kind of focus. Yeah, exactly. And for anybody listening who's an entrepreneur or, you know, starting their new thing or, you know, think of your business, you know, like how do you start thinking about sustainability, not just in terms of profits, which mm. is important, but the impact, what's your footprint on the planet? How much carbon are you creating? You know, who are you employing? What type of people are you welcoming into your organization? Yeah. Um, how much are you paying them? You know, what's your electricity use policy? Where do you buy your paper from? Like the list goes on, totally. <laughs> but yeah. it is starting to think in a more holistic way yeah. that it's beyond our personal choice. It's also about the organizations that we're a part of and not necessarily that you're the owner of it. You can affect change even if you're an employee within it because you can start challenging and asking questions. And, you know, so I think that's kind of the shift that's happening is through business, we can actually make an impact. And let's be honest, we need to do that because a hundred years from now, when you and I are long gone, maybe somebody's listening to this audio, looking back, what were they talking about in 2022? Um, but if we don't start changing the way that we do things, you know, the world isn't going to look great a hundred years from now or 200 years from now. So that's these principles that undergird everything. Kaitiakitanya, stewardship. You know, it's not about what you've inherited from the past for your benefit. It's about what you have to hold for the next generation. Mm -hmm. So that's a real mindset shift or yeah. a paradigm shift of thinking. Yeah. yeah, definitely. In your podcast, you have a huge interest in where people come from you you start with asking them questions about their childhood you don't just rip straight into hey what do you do which is a very common question you know who are you what do you do yeah um, you actually want to find out who they are what is it that that interests you so much about that well to me that's the question it's not what do you do it's why do you do it so I think in particularly from a Western perspective, it's very common to say, what do you do? And well, well, I'm an architect or, oh, I'm a plumber or, oh, I'm yep. a teacher. And you kind of leave it there. But what I'm trying to do with the podcast is model this idea that there's deeper stories mm -hmm. and that there's influences that led us to do what we do. And if we can unpack those, if we firstly can understand our own journeys then we're going to feel more impactful in what we do now mm -hmm. if we understand where we've come from. So in a, actually, it's a very holistic way of looking at a life. Yeah. And if you think of it from a Te Ao Maori perspective, then Whakapapa, where am I from? What's the journey? Who do I come back to as being you know, the influences on my life. So I'm glad that you've picked that up because you're right. The opening question is, what was life like for you when you were four or five years old? And the reason I ask it is I like to ground the conversation in the person's journey and understand, you know, okay, well, when I was five years old, um, you know, I was living in a farm out in rural Canterbury. And okay, well, what was that like for you? You know, what was it like? 
Hawaii used to get the bus to school and, you know, it took an hour and like all those things help to shape who the person is. So that's why I run through their primary school years, high school years. What did you do for, um, you know, studying or working or, and then we ask the question, tell us more about what you do today. And so it's that linking back. I love how much those things obviously connect when you, you draw out their story and then when they get to what do they do now, it's not actually a surprise. Yeah. Uh, it might be surprising how they're doing it or, you know, that it's it's different than what you've heard before. But ultimately, you're not really that surprised because you've heard that kind of thing coming through their life, the, yeah. the twists and turns and what's shaped them. Um, and then the most powerful thing is when a guest realizes something in the middle of the interview about a link that they had never made themselves yeah that's the golden moment i'm hoping for (laughs) yeah so i had one where i was interviewing a film director and so she does you know feature-length films that's what she does and in her childhood she was telling me about her grandfather and how she used to go to his house and he would teach her how to paint and then in the interview she's like i never realized but my grandfather instilled in me a love of color and painting. And now I'm a film director. Everything I am, I owe to this man who died more than 40 years ago. And I'd never really thought that through. So the point is, in each of our lives, there's influences that we may not have made that connecting point with. So that's why I love the podcast, to be able to really delve a bit deeper and to spend time. And my podcasts, like yours, are long form podcast so i'm not worried about the clock like if i end up talking to someone for an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes or 45 minutes like it doesn't matter we just keep talking and we go deeper with the story what would you say are some of the key moments in your life that has shaped you to be concerned about the sorts of things that you're concerned about with the podcast i think Once you start realizing um, (laughs) that stories matter and that you're likely influenced by other people who've been involved in your life and influenced you, I mean, for me, it's kind of obvious, but my parents, you know, like when I look at what I do today, so basically I'm a lawyer who wants to make a positive impact on the world. I know some people are rolling their eyes at that, <laughs> like a lawyer talking like that, but it's actually genuinely true. Like yeah. that, that is who I am. Um, and, but when I look at my parents' life, let's go back in time. And for my father in the mid-1960s, John F. Kennedy was the president in America. And he said, we are going to establish something called the Peace Corps. And we're going to send young people to third world countries, and they're going to be helping people to lift up their economies. So my father joined as a volunteer and moved to Chile in like the mid to late 1960s. Wow. So his whole life was influenced by that experience. Yeah. My mother was the same. She joined the Peace Corps as well, and that's where they met. And they got married, and then I was born. And so I realize now that in many ways what I do is some kind of an echo of my parents and their journey through having impact through what they ended up doing in their lives. So that's been a huge um, realization, I guess, yeah. and a, you know, a shout-out back to my parents for the influence that they ended up being in my own life in completely different fields. You know, like, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really similar with my parents where uh, I look back and go, actually, they've just always been the sort of people that wanted to make a difference wherever they were. And so I've actually interviewed my parents for the podcast, which kind of came from wanting to, to honour them, but also to give people a bit of a window into why I've turned out like I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, why I'm passionate about that is because is they're passionate about helping people and they, you know, they do all these little things that they don't think are that big a deal that actually make huge difference in people's lives. So, yeah. Um, and what was their reaction to being interviewed? They were pretty nervous. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> um, you know, I guess I've interviewed people who have got thousands and thousands of Instagram followers and, you know, they barely know what Instagram is and so, you know, they, they were like, oh, you know, who are we? Sure, it's like, no, but yeah. the heart of the podcast is that this is ordinary people yeah. doing good in the world. Um, and those people with heaps of followers are ordinary people as well. Yeah. You know, they're just doing it in a different way to you. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, once they got talking, it was, it just kind of naturally flowed out of them. You know, yeah. The, um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the flow on bit that uh, each of the listeners needs to be looking at themselves in the mirror, of yeah. course, is what role are each of us playing in our children's lives yeah. or in our nieces, nephews, young people that were around? How can we help them on their journeys in the same way that fill in the blank of the name helped you on your journey? Because I think too often we forget that. And particularly in a Western society, it's very easy to say, well, that's a self-made person, you know, like, wow, look what they achieved. They just got their PhD or look at, you know, this new job they've got. And we kind of forget that there's, you know, the community that built them up. Yeah. So we can't let ourselves get arrogant <laughs> and think that way. We have to always be asking, how can we be of service to other people? How can we um, input into them, particularly young people? and helping them on their journey so that one day when we're gone, they, we can be talked about in the same way that, you know, this lady with her grandfather said, that's what influenced me to become yeah. what I've become. You talk with people who are doing good in the world, yet it's clear from the, the snippets of your life that comes through the podcast that actually this isn't just something you want to talk about. You know, this is something you want to invest in in the world. And... Uh, you hinted before that that's something as a lawyer that you're looking to do. So can you just explain how does that work? You know, like you say, people roll their eyes when they hear a lawyer who wants to do good. You know, what is that? Yeah. So what is that? How does that work for you? Well, I think the answer is actually a really great question. And the answer, I think, is that the listener, um, whoever you are, <laughs> at some point in your life, there's going to come a moment when you realize that everything that you've done um, isn't the focus that you want to have going forward. So sometimes people talk about it like midlife crisis. Some people talk about, you know, like hitting 40 or, you know, the point is that at some point, the first half of your life is very, very focused on CV qualities. I'm a good touch typist. (laughs) These are my grades that I got at school and I went on to do this study and I did my apprenticeship or whatever it is. Um, And that's our focus for the first half of life is really building a reputation, working out where we fit in this crazy world. And then at some point you look at yourself and you realize, um, you know, my life is not going to go on forever. What does the second half of my life involve? And the second half of life, rather than being focused on the CV qualities, is often focused on much deeper qualities. For example, 
kindness, you know, being kind, um, mentoring other people, looking after the planet. Um, So there's this shift, I think, that that happens or will happen for all of us. For some of us, it may happen when we're 75. Like, it may never come up until the very end. But for others, it happens a bit earlier. So for me, it happened when I was about 38 years old. um, And my wife and I looked at each other and we said, well... in time, where do we want to be when we retire? What do we want to use the remaining years that we've got? So I'm 45 right now, so it's not like I'm about to retire or anything. So how am I going to use the rest of my time taking the skills that I've built up over the last 20 years and saying, here's how I can use them in some meaningful way? And so for me, it's about how can I be a catalyst for other people's lives to help them to get to where they want to be. So as a lawyer, then my skill is I can draft things, I can write things, I can do constitutions, shareholders agreements, and that's a way that I can help people, you know, set up a charity, set up a company, and in turn, they go on to do good and have impact. So that's a real big focus for me. And you mentioned, like, one of the things you could do is mentoring. Is that something you do as a lawyer as well? Yeah, I, I try not to use that word so much because I think it sometimes turns people off. But definitely, whether they know it or not, I'm trying to look after other people who are younger than me and take them out for coffees or just say, how's it going? Or, you know, kind of hopefully be modeling behavior that when they get to be my age, they can in turn pass it on. Yeah, yeah it's a big part. And then the other bit that I should say is that I'm trying to use my skills and things that I've done in the past to then think, how can we change as a society? And the big thing that I'm working on there is what type of legal structures are the best vehicles for creating meaningful change? So I'm proposing um, some type of a new legal form that would sit between being a charity and being a company and would be what I call an impact company. So something that takes the best bits of charity, the best bits of for-profit companies, and actually is a completely different thing, but that we as a society recognize and we even give it tax incentives. You know, we we want more people to do this stuff. And so I, that's one of the roles I want to play is, again, as a catalyst for change within society itself. I think lawyers can embrace that. Um, you can either get focused on the six-minute units and how much money you're going to make, or you can focus on other things. And so I want to focus on the other things, yeah. recognizing you have to have income to be stable and buying the food and having the money, you know, like that's important. But there's greater impact that we can have as lawyers in case there's any lawyers listening to this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. You know, our business, we consider ourselves a social impact business and we had that kind of wrestle of, you know, where do we sit in the scheme of things? So yeah, I really like that as an idea. Um, I also like that you, your role modeling and in your way that you're doing your business, like being a lawyer, um, that, actually to do good in the world doesn't mean to drop what you've been doing and go and do something else completely. That actually it can just be about looking at what other skills I've got, what is the area that I'm in and how do I do that in a different way? Um, Which, yeah, I think you kind of, 
sometimes can get the idea that, you know, you can either be a lawyer or you can go and help kids in Africa. Yeah. Or, and it's like, well, why not both? You know, why? Well, you, I think you're right to identify it. There's almost like a hierarchy of goodness. Yeah. And lawyer would be pretty low down yeah. <laughs> in the pecking order. Um, but, you know, if I stop being a lawyer and like you say, if I move to Africa and do some aid work, like that's that's good too. But you don't have to have that view. Yeah. You can take your circumstance. And I think, you know, take everything that you are in the past and embrace it and look at how you can use it going forward in the yeah. future. Because nothing is ever wasted. That's the thing in life. Like I moved to Japan when I was 20 years old to teach English, worked at a ski resort for a while, and I learned Japanese. So I didn't know, but 10 years later, that meant that I was a perfect candidate to move to Tokyo and help set up a law firm's office, you know? So it's yeah. like, how do you take everything you are in your past and then use it for good for the future? Yeah. And, and likely, you know, if you did leave it all behind and go overseas and stuff to, to do something completely different, you actually might not have as much impact as you can have right where you are. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's one thing I, I love about your story is that, you're doing what you can with what you have right here, right now, and you're looking to the future going, and what could that look like, you know, and, and how do I shape my life so that actually I have the kind of impact that I want to have, um, yeah. which is really inspiring for, for all of us to, to think about well, what does that mean for where we are and what we have. Yeah, I hope it can be. I mean, that would be, that's a life of service, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to, to be, to try to, to try to do things that others can also follow in your footsteps and, and for themselves embrace. It's been helpful for me recently to think about who I am in terms of different gravities. And what I mean by that is each planet, you know, Mars, Earth, the Moon, all of these different places, um, they all have slightly different gravities and they have different ecosystems. And so in your sphere of influence or orbit, um, which planets are you able to tap into and so for me as a lawyer that's kind of like one ecosystem that I'm involved in but I'm also you know involved with charities and I know a lot about charities so that's different but they're related mm -hmm. and then you know like I host um, monthly calls for people who are focused on impact I've got about 600 people on the email list and today there was about 38 people joining the zoom call mm -hmm. so that's another little ecosystem that exists and then I'm involved in the Edmund Hillary Fellowship which is another little ecosystem so then how can I as the constant across the ecosystems bridge them because if you don't do that you end up in little silos of thinking yeah. and you th you think the way that the other people around you think and in my case if I'm surrounded by lawyers we probably think similarly so I need to get out of my ecosystem and break into another to get into new ways of thinking because yeah. that's where you really are then able to grow with your work as a lawyer um, without obviously divulging any you know client secrets or anything um have there been some sort of moments that you've celebrated in terms of things you look back on and go i'm really proud of being a part of that yeah for me it's definitely about meeting somebody for the first time and because i get lots of people coming to me these days because i'm getting more known for this like impact focus <laughs> and so I'll meet someone for the first time and they'll say I have a heart for helping children in Adenui who are going to school without food you know like that's what I want to do 
but I don't know how to set up a legal structure that will then help me do it. I know I need money and I need to open a bank account. I can't do it as my name personally. Should I be a charity? Should I be a company? So I love taking people on the journey from the beginning. And that's just one example. Yeah. You know, it, it could be um, I want to help the oceans. You know, I want to help to reduce carbon emissions. I want to help um, develop a SaaS, a software as a service type of business supporting mental health of people who are contemplating suicide like it, there's su such a wide array of things but journeying with people like from the beginning through to sending the email or making the call saying hey guess what your charity is registered you can get on and do the mahi or hey guess what the capital raising is done we just raised 1.8 million dollars for your software company which is now going to go and do great things. Mm -hmm. So right from the beginning through to congratulations. And then beyond that, you know, what will they go on to do as well? You mentioned about hosting the calls, um, being part of different trusts and things like that. I know you're part of advisory groups. You're, you're on boards of things. Um, firstly, how do you fit that all in? <laughs> but also, you know, what, what makes you again want to um, invest time in those spaces you, you mentioned about the ecosystems and the different ways of thinking is there more to it or is that, is that kind of the main focus there what, what is it that draws you that way for me and I think for any listeners who are wondering it's always about where you can have maximum impact and before I answer you I think it's important to be able to say no I think too often we say yes to things and the correct answer is no, I can't help you. And so I'm getting much better at saying no. Um, and the way that I've realized, I, I just want to go on a little tangent yeah, here. Yeah, that is good. But the, the reason why no is powerful is that you're asking me to be involved in, say, a trust, a charity, a charitable trust. By my saying no, I'm freeing you up to find somebody who's not represented at the table. So you're asking me, you know, I'm in my 40s, I'm white, I'm a male. In, in taking my no, use it to ask somebody who's very different and, you know, is going to bring that diversity to the boardroom table. So instead of asking another white, middle-aged man, why don't you ask <laughs> yeah. a teenager who comes from a Pacifica background. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So actually, what I've realized is sometimes I feel obligated to say yes because I think I'm helping people out. Actually, if I can give them an empowered no, then maybe I'm freeing up opportunities for other people. So I try to explain it in that way to people. If I'm saying no, it's like, look, I'm saying no, but can you use this as a chance to think a bit outside of the box? go ask somebody that you weren't thinking was going to be at the table. Because that's, you know, diversity of yeah. thought, that's where we're going to get true innovation. Yeah. So that's the part of the answer. <laughs> and then yeah. the second part is, I think I'm very, um, I've gotten quite efficient with how I use my time. So I'll record a podcast interview. I don't really go back and edit them anymore because I've done so many of them. I just package it up. I get it out. And so I operate on what's called the Pareto principle, which refers to an 80-20 rule. So basically, if I put in 20% um, of the time, I'm going to get 80% of the results. And the final 20% is going to take me 
80% of the time. Yep. So it sounds a bit confusing, but yep. <laughs> the point is for a relatively minimal amount of work, I'm going to have a lot of impact. Yep. And to get it 100% perfect, it's going to take vast quantities of time. Yeah. So I've learned to accept that not everything will be perfect. You know, like with the podcast, yeah. maybe my intro will just be, hey, everyone, um, great to have you on Seeds Podcast. This week, we're talking to James Stewart straight into the interview this week. And I just, because I need to move on, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. So that's really helped me. And then for me, it's about thinking, well, what are the areas that I want to have impact and where can I use my time wisely to have the maximum impact? So I could give $100 towards Salvation Army, towards some of their community housing projects, or I could take on the role of being the chair of community finance, which is a social enterprise company which connects philanthropic investors with community housing providers. So by doing that, using my legal skills and my you know business background, we've raised $93 million in two years wow. for social housing. So that's a lot of impact. But more you than know? $100. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just thinking, how can you be the catalyst for the maximum amount of impact? Yeah. So that's my my lens on what I get involved in is, um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, with young children, it's like, actually, how do I do this, manage it? You know, because I'm a great Uber driver, <laughs> getting the kids from, <laughs> yeah. from home to gym, off to Spanish, you know, whatever yeah. it is, there's always something happening as well. Yeah. So it's that, you know, but we're each here for a short amount of time. We're going to blink our eyes and we're yeah. going to be 85 and wondering, how did I use my years yeah and so i want to look back on my life without regret and that involves being busy because there's a greater purpose in mind yeah i actually i really like that marrying together of i'm looking for where i can be most impactful and i'm prepared to say no when i need to when it's not that opportunity you know when actually what's most impactful would be someone else Mm -hmm. um You know, I remember I I felt really challenged to get into a social something. You know, I just had this, oh, I just need to help people. Mm. And I ended up in a role uh, where I 100% believe in the business. But the role was a frontline role where actually my skills are much, what I've learned is my skills are much more suited to being the support person for the frontliners. Sure. And that actually if I can get in behind and help with structures and systems and things, then the people who are wired to be frontline people can go and do that. And actually we don't all have to rush and do that. So yeah, that, that idea that to just because you totally believe in something doesn't actually mean that you're the best person to then action that. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing when to say no is essentially what I learned as well through that kind of experience. Yeah. And, um, and going, actually it's okay to be, not on the front line, because actually we need those people too. You know, we need lawyers drawing up legal agreements and things like that. You know, if we didn't have them, how would we do that? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think the the challenge that I have for all of us is, you know, listening to your story, hearing some of mine, I think one thing we don't do very well is I think we really let down our young people mm. because we force them to choose subjects at a pretty early age and they're down a certain path. And it's that 
the what do you do mentality taking over rather than who are you. And I think if we were a bit smarter about this, we would have enforced gap years or periods in a young person's life. Like you finish high school, well, you must take four months mm-hmm. <laughs> and not study and not work and you know like just go on a course or go on some retreats and get to know who you are um i went back to my old high school and i gave a talk to the year 13s and i was telling them it's like ringing a bell you know if you've got a bell and you put it on the table and you hit it it doesn't make a sound but if you hold it up it makes a sound so how do you find what it is that when you hit the bell, it rings and it goes out. And I think if you can find that early in your life, it's going to help with the rest of your life. So if we could somehow help our young people to really understand who they are, what their makeup is, where they're best suited, then it's going to save a lot of angst of people for 10, 15, 20 years being in a job that they absolutely hate yeah. and then restarting, you know? <laughs> yeah. So just taking time out to really be clear on who you are. Yeah. I think coupled with your, your previous thought that actually everything adds up to something, you know, that nothing is wasted, that, you know, if you see trying something for a while and then having to move to something different as a failure, you know, then that keeps us stuck in one or two different things. Whereas, if you see that as, well, that's a building block towards something, yeah, you know, exactly. that, that changes things as well. And, and and it brings us back to that curiosity that we started talking about, like yeah. being curious about the world. Um, I interviewed Michael Mayo, who's the founder of Cookie Time, and cool. he was telling me the story about, you know, Cookie Time's a great success. You get on Air New Zealand and they give you a little Cookie Time cookie, yeah. like it's everywhere. So he's done amazingly well. But he told me about the two startups that were absolute failures before cookie time. And if you'd met him after the two startups that were failures, you would never have invested in him. You know what I mean? But he had to go through those two startups that were failures. He said that was the compost from which my success grew. Yeah. And if we had that attitude, then we wouldn't view it. I mean, failure is the wrong word. It's all learning experience. It's material that then builds into our lives to then grow into something else. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, one of the other areas that you're really passionate about is writing, and you've you've written books, you've written um, articles for um, stuff and for spin-off and organizations like that. What are what are the sorts of things that you love to write about? Well, it's all paradigm shifts of thinking. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I I love to think that you know we are in our moment in time. And if you go back 200 years, were there companies? Not really. You know, they didn't exist. So we've created these things. They're fictions. Yeah. They, they're legal fictions. There's no such thing as a company. You know, like they, they, they're made up things. Therefore, what could we do to reinvent them? How could we yeah, make well. them better? And so that's really what I do a lot of writing about. So we can put in the show notes maybe a link to a book I just put out. It's all free. It's downloadable. It's an audio book. And that's called Laying Foundations for Reimagining Business. So that's really thinking about what could business look like in the future if 
we t brought in some of the concepts that you and I have been talking about. Yeah. You know, if we had a, a stewardship view of, of the businesses that we're in, rather than a how much money can we make from it view. Yeah, and I, I understand you've done some writing, you know, for kids and things as well. You, you haven't just stuck to your business kind of strategy, but still with that same heart of how do we make a difference? Yeah, exactly. I think um, one thing I used to do, this is the thing, when you do a podcast for a long time, you end up talking to lots of people. So 295 people. I'd say the first 75 or so, I tried to write a poem for every guest. And then I would give them the poem as a token to say, you know, this is what I reflect on when we, when we talked. And the guests really appreciate it because most people haven't had a poem written for them about their life. Um, but when, when you're doing it once a week and you get to 295, <laughs> it gets harder to do that. Um, but yeah, I like writing little parables, short stories, poems. Like I, I don't like to be, you can probably tell, I don't like to be put in a box. Totally, and, yeah. Um, I like to think that each of us, you know, I like to do painting. Like why yeah. not? We can each um, tap into our creativity and let it outwork in ways that are authentic to ourselves. So yeah, I, I really love writing because it's a very uh, storytelling way of communicating information. So I just did one um, recently called The Apple Tree, which is all about our lives and the impact that we can have, but told through the, almost like a parable. It's like a, an apple tree growing and what is it? it, it thinks it's not having any impact and telling the story of this tree. You know, so it's just, I like to get involved in lots of different things. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like you say, you, you're hard to put in a box. And that's, <laughs> that's a great thing. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's actually a really encouraging thing to role model as well, that actually if we just let society put us in boxes, then we get stuck, you know. But if we look at, well, what do I like doing? You know, what are ways that I can have an impact? Those can be really broad. Yeah. And yet when you look at it, in your life, they're still all tied together. You know, it's still all you. I would hope that if people Google my name, <laughs> that it comes up and you click something and it's consistent with the next thing. Because whether it's writing something for children or for mainstream stuff or spinoff or whatever, that there's a heart that's coming through in everything. Yeah. And you would go, okay, that honestly, that person is authentic. I yeah. may disagree with them, totally. but I can't argue with the authenticity with which they're speaking. So the, the podcast, the writing, everything, if you listen to any podcast episode I've done, I think you'll hear a consistent voice because I'm genuinely that person. And that's why I think people resonate and enjoy it. You know, yeah. like it's, it, it is being true to, yeah. to who I am. And I, I mean, for me, it totally reflects the heart of what I'm doing, which is talking to ordinary people who are doing good in the world. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for what you do. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Um, and actually, thank you for sharing your time with us for a second time because I lost <laughs> your first recording. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for what you're doing to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Thank you. And I think um, as a fellow podcaster, I can encourage you. I mean, for me, podcasting, it's an amazing tool that's how I view it, is that people can be listening to us talking right now and you and I are actually sleeping, right? <laughs> but through technology, they're listening in the UK or they're in Zimbabwe or whatever. So for my podcast, it's just hit about 135,000 downloads. So that's like a lot of conversations yeah. that I personally haven't had with people. But these days I get people coming up and recognizing me or 
the voice, you know, and it's like, oh, I, I've heard your podcast. So I just want to encourage you and what you're doing, you know, keep it up because I know it's hard work, it's effort. But even if you're impacting a couple people each episode, yeah. um, then that's a positive change that you're bringing. And that's being a catalyst for positive impact within our world. So it's awesome. We can encourage each other. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks very much for chatting to us. Thank you. Hello, hello heaven Will I hear you whisper to come near I so enjoyed this conversation with Stephen, both times actually. I love how all of the different things he's doing reflect his why. They're all driven by a purpose. But he hasn't let that box him into one particular way of outworking that. I also appreciated the number of questions and challenges that he gave us to ponder. Stephen, thank you for who you are and what you do. Here is a blessing for you. May the heart with which you interact with the world be reflected back to you in the lives of those you meet, inspiring you to carry on on this journey and showing you that your hope for change is contagious. May every conversation you record inspire and encourage those who listen far more than you can imagine. And may you reach people for whom they're hearing your podcast is just the right thing at the right time at that moment of their lives. May you know the joy that comes from supporting others to do good, seeing others thrive as you lend your skills to support them and help them find their place. May your writing continue to flourish and be read more widely than even you intended. May your family be blessed by a husband and father who sees the best in people, and may they grow in their understanding of how they too can make an impact in the world. And finally, may you know the love, hope and peace of Te Atua in your family, your work and your world. Thanks to Strawn for the music and Rangi for the karakia. Join me next time when I talk to journalist, podcaster and disability advocate Olivia Shivers. We talk about her journey in the media, her advocacy for people with disabilities, especially in that media space, and her 2021 podcast about disability called What's Wrong With You, driven by her own experiences as someone with a disability. Another powerful conversation. Until then, me inoi tātou. E tō mātou matuai te rangi, kia tapu tō ingoa, kia tau mai tō rangatiratanga, kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua. Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Hum mai kia mātou ai nei He taroma mātou mō tēnei rā Mūro mātou hara Me mātou hoki e muru nei I o te hunga E hara ana kia mātou Aua hoki mātou e kawea Kia whakawaia Engari whakorangia mātou I te kino Amen